Hello and welcome to the Victory Bell, the podcast. I am your host, Paul Oren, the founder and editor of thevictorybell.com, and I am thrilled to have you here today. It's a big episode. National Signing Day is here for the Valparaiso football team. We've got a great episode with two former Valpo players are going to join us in a little bit, Nick Scoville and Tom Byrne, to talk all about Valpo football. This signing class, 40 guys have verbally committed or signed already with Valpo. A lot of the announcements kind of rolling in today on Valpo's football page. So we'll talk all about that. If you're new to the show, and again, I imagine a lot of you are because this is a National Signing Day, uh, adding 40 more people to the Valpo Athletics family, so to speak. Uh, This podcast is free all the time. I do a couple episodes a month, and you can find it all over the the internet, wherever you find your podcasts. Thevictorybell.com is a website and email newsletter dedicated to Valparaiso Athletics. Please go to thevictorybell.com, sign up, become a paid subscriber. If you sign up to be a free subscriber, you're going to get emails whenever stories come out, and there's going to be a you know a sentence or two in there. But in order to access the entire story, you've got to be a paid subscriber. Again, five dollars a month or forty nine ninety nine for the entire year. Uh, look, I just did a story. Uh, we're approaching the one year anniversary of the Victory Bell. I, I kind of lamented on some things that I've learned and. Um, Go read the comments if you need uh, if you need questions about whether or not you should subscribe. A lot of people in there saying that it's a great value for your buck. I don't want to tell you how to spend your money here in 2023, except for I will ask you to spend it on thevictorybell.com. Please go there, sign up today, have a lot of great content coming. Men's and women's basketball have got games later on tonight. This is about 3 o'clock here on Wednesday. The women's basketball team, it's National Girls and Women in Sport Day today, and the women are hosting UIC, which is the rematch of a of a crushing loss that I had a chance to go see at the UIC Pavilion earlier this year when the women were winning for most of the game and then gave up a last-second, nearly buzzer-beating three-pointer by UIC. The men will travel to Missouri State tonight for a rematch against former, well, the first match this year, but a game against former Valpo player Donovan Clay, Valpo has won four of their last five games, albeit against the lowest three teams in the conference. If they want to really kind of feel good about themselves, they got to go get this game tonight against the Missouri State team that has been up and down all year long. Some games they're world beaters, other games they are not. If Valpo can hit some threes, catch Missouri State on a good night, you got a chance to pull this one out and really could be the game that kind of gets things going for the back half of this season. Eight conference games remaining before the conference tournament. Valpo probably locked into either finishing ninth or 10th, I would imagine, um, battling with Illinois State for that. So really, it's going to come down to like, who are you playing? Are you playing the seven seed or the, the eight seed in the conference tournament? And Missouri State right now is in the eight seed, although they're tied with like five other teams. It's a crazy, crazy standings look there in the Missouri Valley Conference for men's basketball. But today is not about basketball. Today is about football, and we're going to look at football here. Again, 40 newcomers coming into the program. I talk about this specifically with Tom. It just kind of blows my mind that we're here today now. Uh, I can remember in years past, and I'm talking about like the distant past, a decade ago, two decades ago when I was a student, that National Signing Day was not a thing that Valpo was involved in, right? Like, all the guys would go to bigger schools. And then once they'd all signed, then it always kind of felt like, all right, well, 
now who do you, now who are all the PFL teams going to choose from? This idea of kind of signing guys, and it, you know what it's it is what it is, right? Like Valpo in the PFL, it's Division One football, and now I think a big part of this is the fact that the PFL winner gets a spot in the playoffs. That's a, that's a sales pitch, right? That is something that you can look at and say, look, you're not just fighting to be the PFL conference champion. You have a chance to go there, get in the tournament, and play the biggest and best schools out there. And Valpo started to schedule as such, right? Playing the North Dakota States, playing the Illinois States, playing these playing the Youngstown States of the world. And so I think when you're doing that, you're you're getting in a different quality of athlete. And Nick, Tom, and I are going to go through a lot of the signing class. I want to be clear, it's hard to find information on a lot of these guys, right? Like, it, it, it is a big, big world out there, and there are 40 guys to research. Max Preps does a good job of putting stats out there. There's other stuff around. Nick did a lot of film watching of these guys. Uh, Tom, through his role in, in working color commentary, color commentary for ESPN has been around campus a lot and has a chance to meet a couple of these guys on their visits. Valpo has been very aggressive about their recruiting visits. Um, Social media, this is blowing up all over the place. They're giving out offers. They're going on visits. They're taking pictures with sledgehammers. It's been an aggressive, aggressive attack by the football staff going out and getting this class of 40. Now, they had a lot of guys to replace. There are a lot of guys graduated, a lot of guys entered the transfer portal, as is the landscape of college athletics today, right? Valpo lost starters at a lot of spots, particularly on offense, so they had to reload in offense. You know, the quarterback, Mike Michael Apple Jr., is coming back. A couple of wide receivers, Solomon Davis leading the group, is coming back. A couple of offensive linemen, starters, are coming back. The defense is going to be loaded. Defensive linemen up and down the roster are coming back. The defensive backs, there are a handful of them that are coming back. There are also some that are in the portal, right? A couple of linebackers are going to be back, right? So uh, Valpo reloading at some spots, full-on rebuilding at others. You know, there's only seven offensive linemen on the roster right now. They've brought in a ton, and we'll get into all of that with Nick and with Tom. I think it's a fun interview. I really enjoyed kind of sitting down with these guys, you know, over, you know, hanging out over beers on Saturday night at uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings, good post-game spot in Valpo. Uh Tom and I were saying, "Hey, look, let's let's just let's just get on the mic and let's just let's just shoot the shit so to speak." Um sorry for the language, but it's my show, so deal with it. Uh and then um uh, and then Nick has been a guy that I've always appreciated. I knew Nick from when he played, and he's just passionate about Valpo. And you know, I always say this, and and it's 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 frustrating to hear because I know people are like, well, well, okay, we care about Valpo basketball. That's what we care about. Well, football is. There's so many people out there who do care about it, right? The the alums are so passionate about it, right? I rarely, rarely see men's basketball alums come back. I see guys from the 90s that are here a lot, and a shout out to them. But I see football players from the 2000s and 2010s come back all the time. And they went to school at Valpo when they were terrible, right? Like 1 in 10. One, I mean, Nick Scoville, was, I mean, he came in. They, they, they were not good when he, when he was, we first got here. And these guys have a passion for Valpo football in a way that, you know, it's really kind of inspiring a little bit. So uh, I'm so grateful 
to Tom and to Nick for taking time out of their day here. We did it middle of the day on Wednesday. We wanted to see a lot of these kind of names kind of roll in today. Valpo U Football on Twitter has been announcing all of these uh, all of these commitments. So uh, you know, make sure you follow them on Twitter and make sure you go to thevictorybell.com and read more about what's going on with Valparaiso University Athletics. Again, $5 a month, $49.99 for the entire year, and you can be up to date on everything that's going on out there. I will have some more signing day stuff in the coming days here as once the class, the dust settles, I have a chance to sit down with Landon Fox and maybe talk to a couple of the recruits. And And I've done a couple of those interviews already. I'm just going to wait until till everything's put together. But today I wanted to get this podcast out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Happy birthday to the Victory Bell. I'll see you at the Arc over the next couple of days. Men's basketball hosting Drake and their region players on Saturday should be good. Should be a fun weekend here of activity going on and uh, looking forward to sharing more Valpo University Athletics news and and games and all that with you as we go. VictoryBell.com. Thank you. Let's turn it over to Nick and Tom. Thrilled to have two former Valpo players on the pod right now. Uh, 2003 graduate, Tom Byrne, right? 2003? Yes, sir. Valparaiso Hall of Famer, legend, well-known. You can catch him on ESPN Color Commentary alongside The Voice, Todd Eichau. And then 2016 grad, right, Nick? 2016? Correct, yes, sir. Nicholas Scoville is here. Nick has been doing a lot of great work on, on social media. Uh, it's at on Twitter. It's at Valpo underscore huddle. And, uh, and, and you two guys, I just thought, man, you both played at Valpo. You both have a continued vested interest in Valpo. It's National Signing Day today. Tom, I want to start with you. Back when we were in school, I, there was no Valparaiso National Signing Day, right? Like there was no, it was like all the big schools would get their guys. And then like in May, there'd be a list that would come out of players that might show up in August, but might not. Was that kind of what it was like for you? Yeah, the whole the whole thing's different now. I mean, just from start to finish, you know, just how it all happens, the social media impact, the the reach to the stretch, the just the amount of uh, you know outreach that these kids are able to get, you know, as both a player, but then also as the coaches are able to get, you know, from 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 their you know situation. You weren't on AOL Instant Messenger making your announcement, you know, putting like a Valpo brown and gold emoji and a uh, and any other school emojis when you made your pick. I didn't have instant messenger until my freshman year of fresh first day at BU. Nick, you uh, when when was your freshman year at Valpo? 2012, 2011? 2012. Yes, sir. What was it? What was it, was with things different? So you you I mean you showed up 10 years after Tom was gone. Like what was uh the recruiting process like for you, if anything, when you were going through it? Yeah. Um I had, uh, you know, a couple, couple uh, smaller schools looking at me, um, you know, D, D th- high D3s, D2 type stuff, and then Moorhead State. Um, and to kind of go off your original question, uh, when, when I committed, you know, it wasn't a big, you know, uh, I call it the glory to God era. You know, everyone does these big all glory to God posts and says, you know, writes the four paragraphs. He goes, thanks, mom and dad, that type of stuff. No, I, I, it actually popped up in my time hop on Facebook and it said, uh, I think I might go to Valparaiso. <laughs> right, my sat my status was something along the lines of that so uh um it wasn't a huge announcement or anything like that just kind of you know hey uh, i think that's what we're going to do now when you correct me if i'm wrong nick not to jump in on you paul you also were being coached by the kyle Paget. yeah yeah that's uh kyle um 
man, Kyle's a great guy through and through. Um, I actually texted him a bit this morning. Um, he took me up there in October and uh, really, you know, helped me through the whole thing. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, I didn't really have anyone in my family that had done the student athlete deal before. So he, you know, said, hey, apply to these schools, contact these people, um, that type of stuff. So, uh, you know, when it was all said and done, I guess there was a little bit of a edged, uh, edged interest from uh, Kyle when it was all said and done. Kyle has been a guest on uh, well the old version of this podcast before has been featured in some stories that I've written in the past. Kyle is a is a good fan, big fan of the Victory Bell and uh, the former Union Street Hoops. Uh, Tom, what, uh, what what's your take? You've 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 worked with with a high school football team here. Kudos to you, state champion at Valpo High School. That's awesome. What kind of pressure do you think these kids get on to to play out on everything on social media? Right, like. Every time someone gets an offer, there's a tweet. Every time someone takes a visit, there's a tweet. Well, just just think about the setups now. I mean, not only is there a tweet, there's a graphic. There's a name and post on that graphic. There's, you know, usually some sort of setup position uh, or picture with the equipment and jerseys. I mean, this is not a small thing anymore. This is not like, oh, yeah, let's throw it in the back page of the, the sports section of those thing, old things called newspapers and seeing what they are, but you know, this is huge for these guys. And, and it's a amplification. It's a, it's a, you know, it, it not only does it help that person, it helps the school, you know, and, and you know, then on the flip side, I guess a little bit, you know, it, nowadays it doesn't even mean you're done. You know, you could go out one someplace and people lose, you know, you'll probably see movements over the next couple of weeks. Well, you're right. So all glory to God is when you commit with that being said, is when you enter the transfer portal. And uh, it feels like uh, we have a lot of all glories to God today on National Signing Day. And we've had a lot of, with that being said, across the country, not just at Valpo. Um, Let's get into National Signing Day. From our counts, what we know now, Valpo has got 40 new commits. Some of them are some transfers. There's a mixture. There's, I think there's five transfers that we know of on the list guys that uh, have have come from different places one guy from a pfl school um there's a running back who i think has been on campus for the last year from what i could tell from california and there's a bunch of freshmen that are going to be coming in um from the top there's a three-star quarterback i according to him you know in his twitter bio the one thing it says is three-star quarterback you've got some uh, some really talented guys, some big offensive linemen. There's a guy from Evanston who checks in at 6'7", 327 pounds. Um, I've always thought this in my years of covering Valpo football. Like, it's difficult to track. It has been difficult to track down information on a lot of these guys. Nick, it's not so much anymore, right? Like, every one of these guys out there has got a, a bio online, whether it be on their huddle page, whether it be stats, whether it be film you can find. Nick, when you kind of look at the totality of this class, what kind of stands out to you and all the stuff that you've seen? Well, when looking at the totality, um, I really see that, you know, for a lot of times when Valpo gets a recruiting class, it's pieced together, but um, you really see the plan. You know, when you look at the offensive line, these guys are not drop back, you know, pass setting offensive linemen. They're big maulers. Um, and you look at, you know, you're bringing two running backs with PFL offers. They're going to want to run the football. Karan Tyler, uh, I think I'm just going with Karan from Karan Butler, but 
Karan Tyler, you know, he's a running quarterback. So I think what they want to continue to do is establish the run. Um, you know, they want to be big in the trenches, you know, defensive wise, if you go down the roster, um, there's, you can, there's almost a direct com contact or direct comparison to everyone on the roster from someone you're bringing in, you know, um, you know, a Gus winning, you look at and you go, okay, that's a big Thunberg, Ben Hines, you know, um, Austin Brown, side to side linebacker, Jake Birmingham, uh, beefy defensive tackles, um, that can play, you know, in the trenches, your, your defensive ends are speed guys, kind of what you have on one edge. And then you have a bigger guy, you know, kind of like a Kevin Spellman again with an awesome Lambert. So, um, this is the first time in uh, really the Fox era where it's not piecing together. I see, I can look at it on paper and say, watch the film and say, Hey, this makes sense moving forward. Tom, when you were an offensive lineman, did, did it matter to you the style? Were you looking at the style that Valpo played knowing that when they recruited you, they had guys like Steve Clancy, Brett Durham, they had running backs that were kind of bowling ball running backs out there. Did that matter during the recruiting process? Did you look at that? To be honest, no. Um, a little bit about me, I was I was a, uh, an injury casualty that had some high hopes of going elsewhere, um, doing an injury, kind of, those kind of fell apart. Again, this is back in the day when one and you're done, one injury and, and you're pretty much your high school career is almost over and all the big schools walk away. Um, you know, now that it's thankfully changed. Um, but no, I, I, you know, I, I looked at a lot of the academics. Um, I, I was a uh, top of my class and, um, you know, academics and engineering helped. And then, you know, really uh, the big thing that sealed the deal for me is uh, Coach Maddox, Bubba Maddox, uh, Northwest Indiana legend, uh, just passed a couple of years ago. I, I can't say I wouldn't be anywhere if I wasn't for him. Um, just a tactician at heart called me and said, hey, I got four to five starting linemen graduated. I don't have a lot of depth give it a shot. You know, you, you got a shot. He goes, I've seen you. I've seen your film. I like what you do. He's like, you got a shot. So that was kind of all I needed. I, I was, you know, kind of, you know, just needed an opportunity and found one and took it. Well, I think Tom, there's actually, there's a lot of crossover to what you just said to what Valpo is going through right now. Graduation and transfer and just being done with football has caused they got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight offensive linemen walking out the door at the end of this year due to a number of factors, right? Yeah, There's yeah. only seven returners on the line that are coming back. Now, Tyler Eberhardt, starting center, Carter Woody was a starting right guard, Brett Gray was a right tackle. You've got other guys, uh, Keith. I'm I know Keith really well. I just never can pronounce his last name. Sapansky, I think. Says Sapansky. Yeah, Mason Smith, another young guy that came in from Hershey, Pennsylvania, got some playing time, got some other guys on the team, but there's only seven offensive linemen right now, from what we can tell, on the roster. So they have brought in, I think, 11 offensive linemen in this class. Um there are some guys that that are some transfers in. Ryan Pauley from Carmel High School went to Presbyterian, had a chance to talk to uh, to <clears throat> Nick Beidle, I believe is how you say it, running back from Carmel yesterday. That's just saying how happy he is that Ryan Pauley's coming in. And then uh, Spencer Mickleberry, uh, a, a transfer. He's from Colorado, but he's a transfer from Western Ontario. Nick, he is a, was he a two-star? He's a pretty he big was. deal. Two, two, four, seven, two-star. Um, had a few of those guys in this class, yeah. And yeah, just know. looking at the size of these guys, I mean, they're big. 
I was going to say, I, I don't think I make it. I was 6'3", 255 my freshman year. So I, I am not, uh, I'm not uh, clipping these numbers. Um, but yeah, no, they, they, they definitely see the opportunity. I think I came in with 13 guys. Um, so it's the same type of mentality. You, you see a, you see a hole and, and you need to fill it, um, you know, and the, you kind of cast a wide net and you bring in people. And I think a lot of these guys that kind of that opportunity mentality, like, Hey, I, I got eight guys that walked away from the program through transfer portal or graduation or injury or retirement. You know, and I think a lot of these guys, which a lot of this conference is, is, is opportunity and something to prove. So it, it'll be interesting. I think the first challenge we're going to find is the O-line coach. You know, they got that. That's a hole that now needs to be filled. So, you know. Um, Pat Denneke was the offensive line coach. He is no longer at the school. And again, I, it's I'm close to the athletics department. We all are. But football has always been very, very quiet about, about just, you know, like, I mean, they, they, they don't just the nature of Valpo football. It's like, it's not breaking news when a coach leaves, you know, the, the wide receiver coach just left not too long ago. I think they've hired a new one from what I can tell on social media. Uh, all these announcements will eventually come. Um, you know, I remember Tom, this goes back to when you played, I was doing the radio at WVR the student broadcaster and BB came up to me. Well, I think it was BB came up to me and said, Hey, just don't mention any of my offensive linemen on the radio. We don't need people to know who's playing, who's not playing, who's starting, who's not. Like, we just don't want to talk about it. And I think that was a game plan thing. And maybe it was a, hey, let's get some guys some playing time late in the year. And then we still try to redshirt them. There's no video record. Well, that, that has changed. So the rules of that have changed. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I'll say real quick on that, though, you know, it's, this is going to be a problem that I think Landon's always going to have, you know, the good, the good coaches or the, you know, coaches move on the, this, this one double PFL level is really just a tryout. You know, you got high credentialed, uh, high experienced people like Will Johnson and, and, and Tim, you know, they're, they're going to move on to opportunities, but you know, it's about getting the most out of it and building off those, 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 those experiences. Nick, is there any player or offensive line here that really for either? I mean, you just look at the size, right? Gabe Rosen, 6'7", 327 pounds. Like, that's a mountain of a human being from Evanston, Illinois. Um, four guys that are 300 or more in this class, uh, all coming in from what I can understand as offensive tackles, right? But but it just big, big guys. Is there anyone that you've watched some film, Nick? Anyone stand out to you of, uh, of guys that are going to maybe be able to get in on the – playing time immediately yeah I think uh just one guy that stands up is Noah Noah Klein um he's from Loveland Ohio had a PWO to Miamiville Ohio um if you watch his film he plays tackle uh they they pull them quite a bit um in power action um so I mean if you're if you're gonna be able to pull and as a tackle in high high school um you know it probably projects more with his ability to move probably as a guard at the collegiate level um He's a big, wide frame. Um, Gabe Rosen's in for spring, so, you know, that's going to give him an edge. Um, you know, with someone like that, with that size if and that, you know, height and weight, um, you know, it might be a little bit more of a developmental thing. If they, they, you know, they do choose a Valparaiso, I could think of like Terrence Roberts off the top of the head, right? But, um, you know, they would always say, you know, wait till Terrence becomes an NFL prospect four years from now, that type deal. So Gabe actually does have those measurement measurements where, you know, people from the PFL do get looks. So if he's in early, you know, the more time with him, the better. 
And then, uh, you know, Ryan Pauly, um, is, he started, I think he started five or six games at Presbyterian last year. So, you know, that's, that's a way of sneaking in a returning starter, the offensive line, in a sense, because he played in the same conference. So um, I think those, you know, they, I think they traveled eight or nine last year. I think those guys are probably the most likely to round out the travel roster for this year. Tom, when you came in as a freshman, was was there, was it, I'm going to learn behind these guys in front of me, or was it, were you coming in day one to say, I'm getting on the field as soon as possible? Um, a lot of mine has to do with, with like I said, with uh, with uh, Coach Maddox saying, you know, four guys started and, and it's an open, open, open tryout. Um, you know, so there was two, two tackles that were both juniors, um, had those pretty much sewed up. And to be honest, I didn't want to play tackle. I was probably too small. Um, and, uh, so then it came down to the one senior was, uh, uh, was the center and Steve Gresh. And so, you know, there was a, a handful of us, probably six of us fighting for guards, you know, who's going to be those, those two guards, you know, which you can kind of hide, you know, guards can kind of hide some experience because they're not out on an island or they're not leading the offense like the center. So, um, you know, you never just kind of got a line and you just fought for it, you know, so that, that's how we ended up where we were. And Tom started all 44 games of his four-year career, which again, I think times was different back then, you know, obviously uh, uh, we see guys come in and, and maybe some guys start and, and maybe offensive line is maybe the one spot where we have seen some freshmen jump in right away. Um, I want to take a look at the rest of the offense here. Uh, let's be clear. If we mispronounce anybody's name, it is not because we're trying to offend them or piss them off or anything like that. I think it's Karan Tyler. Uh, like Michael Martin will be easy. Brian Thomas will be easy. Um, so I really, the one guy that stands out to me uh, that, that I'm fascinated about, I can't wait to see him on campus, is in the wide receiver group, right? And they've brought in six wide receivers. They've lost a ton to graduation and transfer. There's a, there's a guy from Indianapolis Lutheran, um, Micah McKay. This guy had 68 catches for almost 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns this year uh, as a senior. He went 30-0 and 0 his last two years in high school. He won the Mental Attitude Award. His, his high school won at the Class A level. And so now, so not, not Valpo at 5A, not Maryville or, any, or, or uh, the bigger school, Penn, you know, all that stuff, whatever's at 6A. At Class A, it could be kind of a hidden diamond in the rough here. I mean, a guy comes in with these kind of eye-popping numbers. Nick, what do you think about Micah McKay? Well, Micah, I can actually walk from my house to Lutheran High School, um, went to Cecina Memorial. We played Lutheran every single year uh, throughout high school. Pretty familiar with it, uh, you know, what they do. They like to air it out, throw the ball. That conference is more of uh, a running type conference. Uh, but he's a big 6'2", 190, um, you know, definitely has some burners. Can, uh, can get, you know, put, like you said, a lot, of, a lot of catches, a lot of touchdowns in high school. Um, you know, it's a big frame, you know, if he gets a 6'2", 200, 6'2", 210, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big time possession receiver right there. So um, I think there's an opportunity, especially, you know, like you said, with the, you know, people moving on from the program that he, he can step in and contribute immediately. Again, we've got a lot of open spots at receiver. Uh, Bennett McCormick from Catholic Memorial and, and up in my neck of the woods in Wisconsin, uh, the guy that had uh, almost 30 catches, uh, you know, six touchdowns, could run the ball a little bit as well. Uh, in Albany transfer, Brandon Jimenez, I believe, is a shorter guy, 5'9", 180 from New York. Uh, probably I would, would think slot receiver, kind of maybe shorter yeah. guy at that. 
Don Bosco is no joke either as a high school. So it's not right. like you're, uh, you're, you're, you're rolling off from whatever. And, and again, I like, I kind of, so I'll be partial. There is a, there is a Chicago Catholic league guy and, and Marty O'Keefe, which I've, I've heard very good things about. And the nice thing about that guy, you know, six two one ninety, they're, they're in the gym every day at six o'clock year round. You know, that, that program is dialed in. They have a very huge presence on their workouts. They got a very strong following and, and they do a good job is it, you know um, you know, so he'll, you got a kid there that's, that's going to show up and be ready to play. couple of athletes in here, five ten guys, Ian Scott from Brentwood Academy in Tennessee and Carter Payne from George Walton high school in Georgia, Carter Payne, only 12 catches for just under 200 yards last year, but 87 carries for 670 yards. Just, you know, I think listed as a wide receiver, but probably projects as an all-around athlete. And again, I, I like kind of these jack-of-all-trades guys that can do a little bit of everything. They make everything a little bit more versatile. I think of a guy maybe like Chuck Maxwell, who yeah, was so built the role. a couple of years yeah. ago. And I don't know if just the product of Will Fleming's offense, a guy like Chuck just didn't really get a lot of uh, opportunities. But I'm, I'm curious to see, uh, Nick, what some of these shorter guys are going to do. Obviously, you want some tall receivers on the outside, but these shorter guys can kind of move in the middle of the field, right? Right. They can. Those are the guys that, like a Tyree Kill, that stretch the field, take the lid off. You know, they keep the defense honest. Um, you know, you can send them in motion, give them jet sweeps. Um, I, the Carter, Carter Payne kid, he had a, uh, I believe he had a uh, scholarship to Savannah State, which I believe is still FCS. Um, so that I mean, he he's got some wheels. So he'll come in and, uh, you know, if you can get him in space or find ways to get him the ball at the line of scrimmage, he can break one. There are three running backs in this class. Nick Beidel from Carmel. I talked to him on the phone yesterday, as a matter of fact. Great, uh, great conversation with him. Limited last year and uh, he was injured. But, you know, you come through Carmel. That's no joke too. that program. Right. And then Brian Thomas from Florida, uh, a guy that ran for about 600 yards, six touchdowns. And then a very interesting guy. I don't know much about Daniel Ano, I believe, A-N-O-H from Palisades, California, he, from what I can tell, the guy had a prolific senior year in Palisades in California in, in 2021, ran for 1,400 yards, 21 touchdowns, at 17 catches. Um, and then I believe he was enrolled at Valpo this year, but not listed on the roster from what I understand. Do we know anything about Daniel? Is he is he a guy that's going to slide into this, to this kind of a great unknown, it feels like? I do not. I know... Uh... Valpo has, and I don't want to misspeak here because I don't know exactly how it goes, but um, in the past, Fox has brought in extra players. So when you have that attrition after the season, guys can step in and come in in spring um, and play. Um, I think Daniel probably falls into that. Um, you know, I, I've watched a little bit of film on him. He, he's, he's got speed, kind of him and Brian Thomas are very kind of glide when they run pretty similar players. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, where he fits in immediately, um, you know, we're kind of waiting to see what that running back look, room looks like. You know, Valpo has picked up a transfer late in the summer in the past three years uh, with Oracoya, Washington, and um, Dawson. So, um, you know, without knowing what the running back room looks like, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of hard to really get a grasp on, you know, who's going to do what. It's what's interesting about the three guys that you just mentioned who have been kind of the primary ball handlers the last couple of years 
is Washington, Oracoya, and Dawson were all over 200 pounds, right? Um, and they were all older guys. These these guys that are coming in are all listed at 190, 170, 170. Now, I will say on the current roster, right, there are four running backs, but they're all listed under 200 as well. Virtue, I thought, was Jeffrey Virtue was so good in kickoff return this past yeah. year. I, I can't wait to see him maybe get a bigger ro- bigger role. Barrett Labus as well as has been, again, kind of one of those jack-of-all-trades kind of guys there. Darius Lane, I think, still on the roster. And then Ryan Mann came in from Northern Illinois and by late in the year had worked himself out of the field quite a bit. So while they do lose Dawson to graduation, while they lose Clark to transfer, I do think there's some good value here. I also, guys, wouldn't be shocked if Valpo's primary running back isn't on the roster yet, right? Like if they do the same thing they've done the last couple of years, which is hit the transfer portal late and find somebody. Uh, Tom, what are your thoughts on on these sleeker running backs that are out there, right? I mean, does Valpo need a, a, a thunder and lightning guy out there? Yeah, I mean, I... I'm hesitant not to, again, not to, I, I haven't seen a, a, a ton of film on everyone. I'm hesitant to slight at anyone. So hopefully no one, but I, I think so. They've they kind of made their name recently on this, you know, bringing in these big guys that, that make a difference and set a pace, but then also they allow some different developments. I mean, you know, Barrett, Barrett Labus out of the backfield has been, you know, very successful lately. And it's because a lot of people are looking at the big guy, you know, and, and these other guys are sneaking out the back door up the sidelines and stuff. So you know, they have a little bit of deceptive offense. They're doing a lot of different things. But I think the big thing, you know, is, is it's just the presence and the leadership that those guys bring, you know, and the size. You know, it's 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 not enjoyable tackling those guys. I just Virtue is so fun to watch. And I, I really hope that Virtue kind of gets a gets an opportunity because he was just when they put him in, I think it was about a couple of games into the season. They threw him in a kickoff return and it almost, you know, I always am hesitant to compare things to the Green Bay Packers or to the NFL when we're talking about this level. But when when the Packers moved to Kashawn Nixon uh, as as their punt returner, it was like every time he got the ball, you expected something to happen, right? And I'm not saying that Virtue became Devin Hester. That's not it. But every time he caught it back there, I was like, whoa, something might happen here. Not just a fair catch, not just a two-yard game. Like, And so can he bring that to the full offense? I think it'd be exciting to see this year. The quarterbacks, right? Um, first of all, there's two on the roster. Uh, Mikey Apple Jr., still back, coming back. Um, got a ton of experience as a redshirt freshman this year. And the thought process would be that he would continue to ascend. They also have a guy they love, Rowan Keith, uh, brought in from Park Ridge, Illinois, Maine South last year. I think suffered a shoulder injury in camp and never really got off the ground. They love him think he's going to be fantastic and now you bring in Karan Tyler who threw for a thousand yards which doesn't look eye-popping but he was splitting time with another younger quarterback at his high school who's getting power five looks but he ran for a thousand yards Nick can Karan Tyler come in and be Mason Kaplan 2.0 um I was going to touch on that with you uh yeah I, th- I think that's the plan, right? I think, you know, I think Mikey Apple, from what he showed last year, at least is the guy heading into camp, right? Like if if Rowan comes in or Karan comes in or, or Michael comes in, they, they take it from him, that's one thing. But I think Mikey Apple, as of now, is the quarterback. Uh, Valpo has, you know, dating back to when Gabe Lawson was doing it two, three years ago, they've used two quarterbacks um, when, they need, when they need one, when they need a short yardage. 
Um, I think Karan is low, is you know more dynamic than Lawson or Kaplan in the run game. Um, I think you can you know they do that cornerback counter. Um, I think he's the type of kid that can break that and turn that you know two three yard run into you know a 10, 15, 20 yard gain. Uh, so I think yeah I think he's a good guy to keep your eye on. That I, there's probably a pretty good chance that he might not and without me knowing inside but I could see him not redshirting and just you know being a pretty prolific part of the offense in terms of the running quarterback. Tom, when you played, I think, was Andy Hughley the quarterback your first year? Well, we actually had Andy, Andy Hughley, my freshman year. Uh, we actually had Andy Hughley and Morel Shields. Okay, so, so we, this we, is, we, I was were, getting to my point here. So you We had, were doing the rotation then as well. Yeah, so we Hughley, Morel Shields, Jeff Espito rolled in there at one point. Uh, obviously, you had Mackey eventually. Um, yeah. But but early on in your career, you were shifting out quarterbacks. So as an offensive lineman, is that a challenge, or is that how do you, how do you kind of take that? Um, you just kind of, I don't know. I, I guess you'd say not really as a, as a challenge. You know, I kind of as offensive lineman, you're just doing your job. You know, you really just you know move guys and move guys forward, and whether it's a pass or a run you know, you're still trying to do the same thing. And it's, it's more of a, uh, you know, it's more of just a, I don't know. A, you do your job. Yeah. Very masculine, you know, trying to put it in nice terms, but yeah, you do your job and, you know, it doesn't matter who's back there, you know, especially now you go to Wildcats, you go to all these different things. So you just go out there and, and do your job and know that you have a different people behind you. I guess you have a little bit of different, uh, you know, you, you mentally, you know, you might think, all right, if I got the runner back there and we're passing it, you might want to hold your block a little bit longer because, you know, if it's a three-step or a quick quick drop, you know, he might be, you know, the runner might still be holding it and getting ready to, 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 to take off. So it's just a little bit of a different mindset, but all in all, I would say you're just out there doing your job. Michael Martin from – they're both these guys from California, as a matter of fact. Uh, Karan Tyler from Chaparral, California, I think. And then uh, Maranatha is Michael Martin. Uh, he threw more traditional, yard, you know, passer, 2,500 yards, 33 touchdowns. He can also run some, too. 70 carries for 720 yards, another 11 touchdowns. Guy accounted for 44 touchdowns this year. I think they won uh, – you know, it's different. California is a little strange how they do things, but I think he was uh, – they they were very very good team twelve and one I think I saw a um, uh, lot of a uh, lot of good talent coming in on offense Nick I want to shift over to defense your neck of the woods a little bit um, what uh, first of all speaking of California let's stay out there two just just monsters coming in from California um, Gabriel I, I'm not sure how to say his last name but B A T R E S but Betrace, Bartz, not sure. And then Chase Lowry from Point Loma, California. Uh, I'm, You know, we'll learn these names eventually. But uh, Gabriel and Chase, um, just big numbers. 19 sacks for Gabriel, 80 tackles, 102 tackles for Chase, two interceptions, a fumble, forced fumble, fumble recovery. Also ran for 620 yards. These guys just look like great athletes. Yeah, Gabriel played wide receiver um, and some tight end set for his high school team, just to kind of show you the level of athlete he is. Uh, he comes in about 210, uh, has actual catches on his highlight film for touchdowns. I'm not sure how many, how often we get defensive linemen that do that. Um, but I think he's a very fluid pass rusher, kind of like uh, I about Brian Thomas kind of glides on the field when you watch him. Um, very elusive, gets to the quarterback now. Um, I think he's going to be able to, 
um, develop into. I know we've got a lot of experience coming back on the D-line, but I think he's going to be a, a real, real player. And Chase Lowry is just what you want out of a linebacker. You know, stocky guy, fill, fills, fills his holes, um, you know, just tackle machine. That's that's what you want out of a linebacker, especially in a 4-2-5 when you got two guys there that are the ones filling the holes. Got a uh, defensive tackle, Ezekiel Zeff from IMG Academy in Florida, 6'2", 300 pounds. Anthony Morris from St. Xavier in Ohio is 6'1", 275. Uh, another Logan Petrie defensive tackle, 255 from uh, Burboeuf, Indiana. Well, we can, I was going to say there, if you want to jump in with Brandon Martin as well. Six well, that, yeah, I mean, it's, the, he's, he looks like one of the gems of the class too. Well, the nice thing is you're, you're talking powerhouse. You're going to, you're going to rattle off three powerhouse schools in Moeller, St. Xavier, and IMG. I mean, Moeller and St. Xavier perennial powerhouses in Ohio every year, you know, year in, year out. So you're going to get players that are used to winning, used to being high, high functioning play. Not only that, but then practice and play against high functioning. And then you throw in uh, uh, Zeke's F. Um, I personally met him and his father. It was a great, great time talking with him when he came on one of his the game. Again, guys that are playing and playing and practicing against some of the best, you know, and it, it's that's going to translate. But I will say they're going to need it because one of those spots that's pretty deep right now is the, is the D line. Yeah, you know, it's some a- young guys. So, but it, you know, as we can see with Logan Chastain, they're not afraid to slip guys in for for reps and especially when you got, you know, Spellman and, and Kesson really making a lot of noise and, you know, the D-line doing well, you're able to get, rotate these guys in and, and keep them under their, their snap counts for red shirts and then get them an experience. Not as much pressure on defense for guys to come in and be players right away, right? There's just a ton coming back on the defensive line. Uh, a lot of starters, Sam Hafner is back, Kesson, Spellman, Logan Chastain, again, those guys are, are all saw work with the ones last year. And uh, that said, does look like there's some talent coming in. Nick, Brandon Martin was a big recruiting get. Tell us a little bit about what happened and how, uh, where he was looking. And then he showed up here. Yeah, Brandon, from my understanding, is Brandon uh, Cincinnati Moeller, as uh, Tom was saying, he, uh, he had take, taken a visit to Dayton. I uh, believe there were, you know, several D2s involved, and uh, he, he comes here. Um, we're from where Moeller was the number two school in Ohio last year for football, and I believe he led his league in sacks last year. So if you're one of the number, top five schools in Ohio, you're one of the best schools in the Midwest, and if you're the best pass rusher from that school, you know, you're going to have schools looking at you. So Brandon's going to come in, or, yeah, Brandon's going to come in, and, uh, you know, he, I, I would expect, you know, Tom said slip guys in. He might be one of those guys, if he's healthy, to slip a in for sure. Gus Wenning, linebacker from Middleton, Wisconsin, was the latest addition. Um, you know, obviously Valpo's still recruiting. They hosted a bunch of guys this past weekend. They're still looking. A lot of these, some of these guys committed a while ago. Gus Wenning was uh, – was in the last 24 hours, if I if I understand it correctly. Uh, Nick, you saw some film on him. You mentioned him at the top. You like him a lot, right? Yeah, he uh, he's a ball player. He's a he's an old school thumper, which you know they always have one of those guys on the defense. You know, thinking back to you know you had Nick Turner, then Gavin Twig, and move on from him to Ben Hines. Uh, he fits that same model. James Orr, he gets downhill now. Um, great at reading, moves very well for 235. I'm really excited about him. I think he's going to be uh, one of the players in this class. Another guy that joined uh, at semester, Tyler Guyman, I believe is how you say it. Guyman, Guyman, G-E-I-M-A-N. Uh, here's a Division Three All-American from Dubuque. Um, 
Tom, how, how cool is it for these guys that you say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go D one. I've, I've played, we see this in basketball too, right? A couple of these guys have played D two their first couple of years and say, you know what? COVID year, I'm going to go take a shot. Does this guy come in here with something to prove? Do you think? Yeah, a little, uh, I, I, I definitely think, you know, I, I think there's always a conversation that, you know, everyone, there's a little trash talking that, well, D one double a non-scholarship is just D three, you know, and, and, I would kind of tend to disagree with that. I think the PFL does a very, very good job bringing in some of these, I would say, middle talents. You know, they're, they probably, a lot of these guys could walk onto a lot of programs, but, you know, they want to get in and get in early and make a difference. These are guys that want to be a, a part of a team, not just on a team, you know? And so I think a lot of these guys come in, especially transfers and, and people here, in general, I think they have something to prove. You know, they want to prove something. They want to go out there and make make some noise and 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 be a part of something and be on a stage that that you know can go play. You know, last was it two years ago was North Dakota State. You know, you're out and playing the runner up from this year. You know, and uh, sometimes it doesn't always go well, but still, you know, you're you're out there playing against the best. Two local products from Northwest Indiana from the region are joining James Langan, a 6'4", 230 defensive end from Lowell. Always good to get some Red Devil pride coming up to uh, Valpo. And then Isaiah Fowler from Chesterton. Tom, I want to ask you about Isaiah Fowler. I know that it's probably you're contractually obligated not to say anything nice ever about someone from Chesterton <laughs> who are on the Valpo High School staff. Here's a guy, a defensive tackle, 6'1", 210, 25 tackles, a couple forced fumbles. Um you had a couple good battles with uh, with Chesterton. Anything stand out about Fowler? Well, I'll, I'll say you know on paper, um, two ten is not that big. On, yeah, I met him on his uh, I, on the field. I think he's bigger. He he's played, bigger. Well, that yeah, he plays a lot bigger than than whatever that weight is. You know, tough, hard nosed kid gets in there, makes kind of a disruptor. You know, uh, he, he's gonna stick his nose in there and, and make a lot of things happen, you know, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be a good addition. You know, I think, you know, he'll be, you know, probably not in the rotation this year, but, you know, is again, another tough local kid kind of fighting, looking to prove something and, and wants to, you know, get a shot at some of these higher level games, you know, a guy Fowler that probably could have went to wants a shot. And- Fowler also wants a shot at being a sports broadcaster as well. So Tom, he might be in the rotation to take your job too, away from you. <laughs> well, it took me a long time to get that job, but yeah, sure. And you're great at it. We love it. And, and, and you're just, you've been so great to have alongside Ty, alongside Todd on the broadcast. It's been awesome. And Nick, the stuff that you've done, man, you've been on top of this stuff. Uh, Nick, where does that passion come from? Right. You, I mean, you graduated six years ago, you're still connected kind of what, what where does that passion come from of kind of keeping up with all this stuff? Yeah, I would say um, my you know my four years or when I you know spanned Valparaiso went about as you know polar opposite as you know as Tom's right. Um, you know, a team was not very good. You know, struggled on and off a little bit uh, myself. So I I really wanted to do something back for the school. Um, you know, do something for the program to where I could give back and actually you know help it. When I made a commitment to Valpo. Um, they had were, were one in 21 over their last, you know, 22 games. And I wanted to help be a part of that turnaround. Um, so anything I can do, um, you know, the huddle really started my, you might remember the name Jake Newman. We were living together at the time and uh, he was a kicker at Balbo and uh, 
you know, we just started as, you know, near signing day when the, you know, the big signing day stuff happened on Twitter. We would just be like, we quote tweet stuff and say big, big recruit on campus this weekend and that type stuff. And then, uh, you know, we, we thought it was funny when we got to like 50 followers. We couldn't believe it. Now we're over 1,800. Um, you know, I'd like to, I, I've talked to some guys that I'd like to maybe, uh, you know, get on a pod this type deal with uh, Cody Cotton, Jabril Baker, um, Kyle Padgett, uh, you know, just guys who, you know, can maybe, you know, tell, you know, get that alumni network connected um, yeah, as best, best as we can. Um, and just, you know, see, hopefully keep building the brand, you know, hopefully keep spreading the good word about Valpo football and getting people invested. And, uh, you know, if we can have any of the old, old guys on and just, you know, talk about anything that can help, you know, from career, from, you know, what to do on campus, what not to do on campus, you know, coming back from injury, transferring in, anything like that, you know, just, uh, you know, hear it from people I've been through it. You know, that's that's what we're we're going to hopefully do eventually. I was thrilled to have you two on this pod today. Again, who better to talk to about this than guys who've been through it? Albeit, Tom, you and I went to school together a long, long time ago. The world is different now. We wouldn't know what social media was back then. But uh, this has been fun. I can't wait to see this class kind of evolve. We know they're going to bring in 40, and we know that by the end, they're not all going to be there. But but who's going to make it through? It's like a modern game of Survivor. We appreciate it. We love it. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait for spring practice to get started here in a couple months here. I'm, I'm just, I drive by Brown Field, and I'm like, man, I, I miss I miss the crunch of the pads. I miss, and watching the Packers kind of have a, a terrible year was uh, enough to just say, you know what, man, I want, I want, just want to watch Valpo football. They were fun. It was fun, fun games this year, fun environment, a couple of tailgate parties per game. Uh, you know, Tom and I had to work. Nick, I hope you can come up and enjoy some of these tailgate parties, but uh, it's been, a, it's been a blast. Thank you guys so much for being on today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Paul. Thank you, Paul.